0: God, we're free from our sin. All right, go ahead and take your Bibles this evening. Take your Bibles and turn to the Book of Malachi, chapter three, ten. Malachi chapter three, verse ten. Tonight we're going to go off our normal subject of our House in the Rock series that we've been doing, and tonight I'm going to talk specifically on how to handle the church finances. We're going to look in the Bible. And anything that we do, we want to the very best we can. We want to go to the Word of God in every area of our life and find out what God wants us to do. In the book of Malachi, it's the very last book of the Old Testament, right before Matthew. And and God, He tells us, He lays it out for us, and kind of, and we're going to kind of go over some of these things and what the priorities are. And this is what I, want, I think we need to do at Liberty Baptist Church and how we ought to handle... Our finances here, and I think this is a very important subject. I think uh, we need to be very uh, we need to be very careful about how we use the Lord's money. All right, this money belongs to God, and, uh, and people they, they come and they're faithful to give, and they uh, bring their they bring their tithes and offerings. And we don't want to misuse them. We don't want to do it in the wrong way. I take this very serious, and uh, so. Uh, As I put this message together, I want us to look at biblically what God expects, and I think He makes it pretty clear for us. But in Malachi chapter 3.10, it says, "...bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it, and then over in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, 1 Corinthians, you don't have to turn there, but I want to read a couple more verses to you. It says, Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. Let's pray. Dear Lord we just that you'll be in this message tonight Lord help us to, uh, to seek diligently Lord to see how you would have us to handle the finances Lord and not just in the church but even in our own personal lives and Lord I know you will bless us for it if we do things according to your word. And I just pray that you'll speak to hearts through this in your name we pray amen. And that first verse that we looked at we see that we see the mention of bringing the tithes into the storehouse. the tithe of course it means it means a tenth. That God commanded it way back in the Old Testament. Abraham did it, and they did it all throughout the Old Testament. It's even mentioned in the New Testament about the tithe, which means a tenth. About giving the tenth of how the Lord prospers you. And it's something that a lot of people don't like to hear about these days, but it's biblical and I can promise you God will bless you if you do that. And we're not going to talk a whole lot about our part tonight, but we're going to talk about the church's part. What we do... On our end, with that, when it comes in, it says there. It, it, Paul talked about the collection for the saints. He said on the first day of the week. Right, I think it's good to bring the offerings in on Sunday. I don't know. Just that's when the, that's when he said to do it, right? Because that's when they had church. But he said that there be no gatherings when I come. There are needs that are in the church that are a part of the ministry, and it's the responsibility of god's people to take care of those things in his local church we don't have a uh, denominational headquarters that we get uh, that takes care of all the funding it's local churches they uh, the people in there the members they are the ones that, and kind of take care of things and finance things. Of course, right now uh, our church with us being a brand new church and just getting started just getting started, uh we've got some other churches that have helped us that have given us offerings that um have been helping uh, me and my family supporting us financially so we could uh just to help us get a good start over here. And I thank God for that, but eventually uh the goal is for Liberty Baptist Church to be uh self-sustaining all by itself. Uh, this church is able to take care of things and be a blessing to somebody else. And that, that of course, is the goal. So with what comes in, what does God want us to do? What are we going to do with the money comes in? Well, first of all, one thing that is very important that we need to make sure that we always do, and that is one, take care of God's house. We need to take care of this place. Now I understand, now if you look back in the Old Testament, well that temple that they had, it was a beautiful temple. It was a very expensive temple. It was, I mean it was, it was nice. Now I understand in this New Testament age that what makes a good church is not how nice the building is. In fact, we can read early on the New Testament that many times the Christians, they met in caves. They met in houses. They had to meet in secret places. Really the temple of God now is your body. The Bible says that our bodies are the temple of God. But at the same time, uh, I think there's some principles that we can see throughout the Bible that you know there's nothing wrong with the house of God looking nice. I don't think that's wrong. That's not the most important thing. But, what God, but God has given us a place, and I believe we can see throughout the Bible principles everywhere that He wants us to take care of it. Haggai chapter 1, uh, you don't have to turn there, it's one of those hard books to find in the Old Testament. But it says, In the second year of Darius, the king, in the sixth month and the day of the month, came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet unto Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Josedech, the high priest, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say, The time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed house, Houses in this house lie waste. The temple of God during this time, the house of God was in bad shape. It was falling apart. It looked terrible. It was a shame to the nation of Israel and it was a shame to God. And we see through many of the Prophets and during this time period that God was not happy with them. And it was during this time that they, ended up, they were in captivity and Israel was just in all kinds of trouble. And things just weren't going good for Israel. And one of the reasons, the house of God was literally falling apart. And he mentions, he says, O oh, ye that dwell in your sealed houses, these people, the houses that they lived in, they were fine. They were okay. They looked great. But the house of God was falling apart. They were more concerned about their own possessions And not the house of God. And he says in verse 5, Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Basically, he's telling them, I want you to think about what you're doing right now. Your priorities are all messed up. He said, Ye have sown much and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, but there is none warm, and he that earneth wages earneth wages to put into a bag with holes. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You know what he's telling these people? Boy, you're working hard. You're working hard, but you're not bringing in anything. You're eating, but you're not full. You're, uh, you're uh, drinking, but it's not, it's not satisfying your thirst. You're clothed, but you're not warm. You know what he's saying? You all have everything that you're working for, but you know what? It's not bringing you fulfillment. They weren't content with it. I can't think of anything that describes America better than this passage right here. We live in a country today where people, they have plenty of we In our country, we're going through tough financial time, yet it's great compared to most countries. Most people today, they've got plenty of food. They've got tons of clothes. I mean, they've got everything you can need. They have multiple cars and just big houses. and We have all these things, but yet people are not satisfied. They're not satisfied with what they have. The thought of going to a church and giving any of their money towards a church, they're not even going to think about it because they've got too much stuff that they want. And you know what God was trying to tell these people? He said, consider your ways. Your, your priorities are wrong. And real fulfillment and satisfaction comes from God. You know, there are many people all over this world who don't have a lot as far as materials are concerned. But they are right with God. They're obedient to God. And they are content. They have fulfillment. Yet, and at the same time, there are people who are Millionaires and still cannot find happiness. They still have to turn to drugs. They still have to keep buying things all the time to try to find some fulfillment and some satisfaction that's just not working. And this was happening. It says they earn wages to put it into a bag with holes. It's like they got all this money coming in, But they just can't seem to hang on to it. Their priorities were wrong. He said in verse 8, Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house, and I will take pleasure in it, and I will be glorified, saith the Lord. Ye looked for much, and lo, it came to little. And when ye brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why, saith the Lord of hosts? Because of mine house that is waste, and ye run every man unto his own house. God said, I I haven't blessed it. He blew on it. You know, people these days, they will... I mean, they will get out of the will of God. They will, I mean, on purpose, rebel against the Word of God for maybe a job that only pays a few thousand more a year. Or even 10,000 more a year. And I'm here to tell you that more important than the amount of money you make is having God's blessing on your life. More important than the amount of money that we have coming in this church is us having God's blessing on this place. Because let me tell you, money can go fast. It just takes... You know something could happen—a repair. Something breaks down in the church. Something falls apart. I mean, and the expenses—they could add up so fast. And you know what? Those things are going to happen sometimes. But if it does, I want to make sure that we're in the will of God. Because if we're in the will of God and we're doing what He wants us to do, He'll provide for that need. He'll take care of that need. There's been many times in my my life where there's been needs that have come up, and I wasn't handling my money the way God wanted me to. And I remember when those, those things would happen, it was seemed like the answer was always put it on the credit card. You know what? There was a time later when we did get things right and it seemed like when those big things would come up, they still did. God always took care of it every time. He always took care of it. And God, and God will do that. He said, I, I blew upon it. We don't want God working against us when it comes to our finances. we got enough things that are going to be working against us as it is. We want to make sure that we're doing what we're supposed to do. We need to keep up with the repairs on this place. We need to pay the bills on time. That's important. A lot of churches have very bad reputations when it comes to paying their bills. Sometimes they're the worst ones. They don't pay their bills. Our realtor, to helped us get this place. He told me that the banks tell them all the time, don't send me churches for a loan. They don't like giving loans to churches because a lot of times they make big promises and they don't keep them. And that's a shame. We don't want to do that. Proverbs two seven says, The rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. If we get ourselves behind on bills and things, we're going to have people that are going to make things miserable for us. You know, we quit, we quit paying the bank, we quit, uh, paying our bills, we quit paying the electric bills, they'll shut the electricity off. They'll turn the gas off. And we're, we're gonna hurt our name, we're gonna hurt our reputation. We need to make sure that we do that. We need to do our best to make the place look nice, to keep things first class. We ought to do that. And listen, I understand you. If we have it, you know, I'm not for just going and running up debt and spending money that we don't have to make things look nice, but if we have the ability, I think we ought to do it. I think it's very important that we take care of it. God has blessed us greatly with this church that we have here. I've talked about it, it's almost unheard of for a brand new church to be meeting in a place like this. And I tell you, I thank God for it. And I think we have a responsibility to take care of this place. And I think it's very, very important. And I think that needs to be one of our main priorities. And then also number two, we need to take care of God's servants. This is important. I'm not. Some people, some pastors, they're afraid, they're embarrassed to preach about these things. I'm not because it comes from the Bible. I'm not, I'm not embarrassed one bit, but go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I don't want to take time to read through the whole thing, but it's, it's very, uh, there's a lot of passages, uh, a lot of scripture on this about taking care of the pastor in the church. It says in 1 Corinthians 9 verse 1, am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are not ye my work in the Lord? If I be not an apostle unto others, yet doubtless I am to you, for the seal of mine apostleship are ye in the Lord. My answer to them that do examine me is this, have we not the power to eat and to drink? Have we not power to lead about a sister, a wife, as well as other apostles, and as the brethren of our Lord and Cephas? Or I only and Barnabas, have not we power to forbear working? Who goeth a warfare at any time at his own charges? Who planteth a vineyard and eateth not of the fruit thereof, or who feedeth a flock and eateth not of the milk of the flock. Say I these things as a man, or sayeth not the law, the same also. Paul's basically saying, We don't send our soldiers out to go fight a battle and not take care of them. Alright? We should pay our soldiers. And we and we do that. He says, um, you know, he uh, in verse five he talked about basically have we not the power to lead about a normal life, to have a wife. They have a family, all right. The Catholic Church needs to read this passage here too because it's talking about how you know basically we have a right to get married and to have families. And he gives some examples. Cephas, who was Peter, Peter had a wife too. She's mentioned more than once in the Bible. Uh, Peter, uh, he he supposedly was the first pope, but he was married. And then he uh, he says, and he says, I'm not just saying this as a man. This is what the law says. You can go back to the Old Testament law. And he goes and quotes it in verse nine, for it is written in the law of Moses, "Thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. Doth God take care for oxen? Basically what he was saying is, when you're out there plowing in a field and you're working with that ox, don't muzzle it. Don't stop, don't make it where it can't eat. If that ox is out there doing the work in the field and it sees some food laying out there, it ought to be able to eat of the food. It ought to be able to partake of that. He basically you know, God told the children of Israel, Don't be so greedy with the food. You won't even let your animals eat when they're the ones doing the work. And God said the same thing. He's Paul's saying the same thing here. It applies to the pastor. Don't don't starve him out. A lot of churches are like that. They think the pastor is supposed to starve to death. It says, Or saith he it altogether for our sakes, for our sakes, no doubt. This is written, that he that ploweth should plough in hope, and that he that thresheth in hope should be partaker of this hope. If we have sown unto you spiritual things, is it a great thing if we shall reap your carnal things? He says if we're working, if we're sowing in the area of spiritual things, he said we ought to be able to reap of your carnal things, or the things of the flesh, the financial part, the food, the clothing, the things that are necessary for physical survival. Verse 12, "...if others be partakers of this power over you, are not we rather? Nevertheless, we have not used this power, but suffer all things, lest we should hinder the gospel of Christ." In other words, Paul wasn't doing that at this time. They weren't taking care of the man of God. And the Corinthian church during this time was not a good church. They were doing a lot of things wrong. Paul rebuked them for just about everything. And you know what? The sad thing is a lot of churches and a lot of religions, they pattern. A lot of what they do after the Corinthian church, and that's not a good thing. Uh, and so, uh, we see, uh, so we see here that Paul's talking about taking care of you. you ought to be able to you need to take care of the man of God. 1 Timothy chapter 5. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17. I want to read just two verses to you real quick. Out of there. It says. Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. For the Scripture saith, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn, and the laborer is worthy of his reward. So once again, he's, he kind of mentions it again when he's talking to Timothy, that make sure that you don't do that. When he's talking about the elders, he's talking about uh, the pastors or the leaders in the church. So it could be other full-time staff. There may come a day where we have uh, an assistant pastor, or we might have a youth director, or we may even have a Spanish pastor, or there's all kinds of different things that we may have. And God said, you need to take care of those things. You need to make sure that that stuff's taken care of. I think a lot of churches literally hurt themselves and they lose the blessing of God because they take advantage of God's servants. We don't ever want to do that. Now, I'm not standing here today and telling you that starting this week, you need to give me this big, huge salary. I'm not saying that at all. I understand we're a new church. I understand those things are going to take time, but it should be an event. It should be a goal. So I could easily, you know, work a regular job, but then I'm not going to be able to sow. Like I like I should be able to as a pastor. there's a lot of things that I think it would it would kind of it would hurt the church and it would hinder uh, the work of the Lord. And we don't want to do that. We want to make sure that uh, that is one of our goals to have a pastor that can be full- time and someday hopefully even have other people that can be full time. We want to make sure that we're uh, as a church, we want to be a blessing. To other men and women of God, people who serve God, the missionaries that we have come, that we have come through here, the guest speakers and things—these are people who they've given their lives to fully to promote the gospel of Christ. A lot of these people, uh, they have a lot of talents and things. If they wanted to use them for themselves, they could probably make a lot of money. They have they have that ability. They're uh, and. But they've chosen to follow God's leading on their life, God's calling on their life. And if we have the ability to be a blessing to them, we want to do that because God's going to bless us. We want to, when we're being a blessing to missionaries and other, other people of God, other, uh, of God's servants, God's going to take care of us. We, that's why we do these things on purpose. We have a guest speaker come through here. We want to take up an offering for them. We want to take care of their expenses and things. When they come here, those kind of things, uh, they God's going to bless you for doing those. God, so, we don't want to forget about that. We want to take care of God's servants. The Bible says that they which preach the Gospel live of the Gospel. Ultimately, that's how God wants His servants making their living is through the work of God. And that uh, that, is, that is should be one of the goals of our church. So number one, we, have, we need to take care of the house of God. We need to take care of the things that God gives us. We need to take care of God's servants. And third, we need to make sure that we support missions. We talked this morning about the Great Commission, about going into all the world. Our ministry here at Liberty Baptist Church should not just be a ministry in this town. It ought to extend even farther. It's not just our job to win the entire town of Rock Falls or to give the gospel to Rock Falls. We need to give it to Sterling. We need to give it to Morrison or all these other towns. And not only that, but the state of Illinois, and America, and the world. That's 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 our job. It's not a, we need, and we need to do our best to do that. Our work is done when everybody in the world saved. And I don't know if you all noticed, but we're kind of losing ground in that area. We're losing ground pretty fast. Our work is far from done. If anything, we need to be getting busier now than we've ever been before. We need to make sure we remember those things. We need to have have those outreach missions like we talked about today. We talked about many of those things. The jail ministries, nursing home, all those things we talked about. Even ministries to the poor, the Bible talks about. There's people out there that are needy, they're struggling, and we ought to do we ought to do things for them. A lot of times, that's how we get the gospel. There's a verse in the Bible that talks about, uh, you know, going. Somebody maybe has a need, and we just say to them things like, "Be thou warmed and filled," and we don't do anything for them. You know what? If we, if somebody who's hungry, you know what they're thinking about? They're thinking about food. So you know, if somebody's about to starve to death. We don't need to go and say, you know what? You really need right now is you just need to get saved. Now it's true they need to get saved, but let me tell you, right now they're thinking about their stomach. They're hungry, and we ought to we ought to feed them and then try to get the gospel to them. And we need to we need to do things like that. We need to have the foreign missions. Uh, we're not, I don't want to take time to read it, but 2 Corinthians chapter eight, verse one through five, it talks. Uh, it talks about some of those things. It talks about, uh, we know I am gonna read, I wanna read it cause I love this verse in the Bible, or this passage in the Bible. It says, uh, moreover, brethren, we do you to wit the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded under the riches of their liberality. You know one area where God doesn't mind you being liberal? Is in your giving. I consider us, I guess, a conservative church in a lot of areas, but one area, God doesn 't mind you being liberal. You always hear them talking about their liberality when it comes to giving, and it, there's this church, the Bible says, in their deep poverty, and it says in verse four, praying with us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. These people, they were poor. I mean, they were really poor and deep poverty, but they saw a need that was out there, and they worked hard to give toward this need. The Apostle Paul, they're not even wanting to take it from them. But these people begged them to take it. It says, And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave to their own selves to the Lord, unto us by the will of God. So these people, they went and they sacrificed, they gave, and they accomplished a great work. And it says, or in verse 3, I didn't read, it says, For their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves. These people, I mean, they, what they did, their gift that they gave, it was beyond their power. It was, it was supernatural. These people, I mean, God blessed them and God gave them the ability to do some great things and to be a great help. You might think there's things there's no way we could do all these things. There's no way we can make a difference in that area. I'm telling you, if we sacrifice and do what we can. You'd be surprised what God can do with what we have. May I remind you of the little lad with that lunch? There's five loaves and two fish, and he gave it to Jesus Christ. And you saw it. You know what Jesus did with that those that small lunch? He fed over five thousand people. You'd be surprised what God can do with the little that we have when we're faithful and giving. And these people, boy, they wanted to be a blessing. And they were. And I think God, He's already used our church in some small ways to be blessings to other people. I do that I want us to do that on purpose. We want the blessing of God on this church. We want to try to have as big an impact as possible. Okay, I'm not saying right now we need to start supporting twenty missionaries. Okay. Obviously we can't do that, but if we can support two, we need we need to support two. And we need we need to do what we can, and then hopefully, as we're faithful in little things, God will expand that, and we'll be able to do even greater things someday. Matthew chapter twenty-five. It gives the parable of the talents. God gave one man five, and another three, and another one. And every one of those, except for the person with one, they went and used what God had given them, and they went and they and they they doubled it. And God was pleased with them. But there was that one. He had the one talent. He didn't have that much. And he just went and buried it. And boy, the Lord is angry with him. He didn't use what God had given him. And you know what? We might not have a whole lot right now, but if we use what God has given us, God is going to bless it and He's going to multiply it. And He always does. He's faithful to do that. So, number one, we need to take care of God's house. We need to take care of God's servants. We need to support missions. And then, number four, we need to, we ought, then, this is kind of the focus of a lot of churches. This is kind of the main priority, and it's important, but I think it needs to be down on the list a little ways. But we need to have programs to help your church people grow in Christ. Okay, that, Having the programs and things that is important. Matthew 28 20, we read it this morning, part of the Great Commission, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you, and the law I'm with you all, even into the end of the world. We need to have things that help people grow. This is where most churches spend a majority of their money. Christian schools, I love Christian schools. I hope someday we can have a Christian school, but you know what? A lot of churches. I mean, the Christian school is a money pit. I mean, they will, I mean, it, they spend a lot of money on their schools. It just drains their finances. And then it's sad, too. I mean, they get, they spend all this money to give these kids everything that life has to offer. And then a lot of these kids, they graduate from it and they get out of church and go get involved in the world. I think that's pretty sad. A lot of times they're focusing so much on the material things. That they neglect in the spiritual areas, and it's the kids they get out of it and they walk away from. It. That's sad. I don't want that to happen here. I hope we can have things like that, but let me tell you, I'd rather have, I'd rather focus on the spiritual things because that's what's going to really make the difference. If a person who's right with God, they're going to do fine. Uh, whether they're in a Christian school or a public school or a homeschool, wherever it's at, they'll do fine. And that is the most important thing. But if we can do those things, that's great. Uh, sports programs and things. I'm all for that. I'm all for having, you know, a basketball team or a volleyball team, things like that. That's fun. I hope, I hope we can do that. I hope sometime, uh, and I'd like to, you know, maybe rent a gym and have some game nights and things like that where we can come and just have a good time. I'm all for that. We probably will do some of those things. But you know what? That not, should not be the focus of the church. It is a good thing, but it's not the main thing. We talked about uh, the King's Kids Club before. Great, great program. It's a lot of fun for kids. You know, you have the kids come. You play all kinds of games. You get them all wound up. Get them all excited. Before they go home, you give them a bunch of candy. So they're all bouncing off the walls. They go home and they drive their parents nuts. I'm all for that. (laughs) I I love it. But you know what? Once again, we need to make sure that we're focusing on the the spiritual things. We need to make sure that it's not just about them coming and having a good time, but that we're using those things to get the Gospel to them. We're ministering them in carnal things so we can uh, give them some spiritual things. At the same time, I'm looking forward to having those things. I'm looking forward to having discipleship programs. I'm looking, for, I'm looking forward to having our first vacation Bible school here. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm looking forward to it. Those things, oh, you know, they do. They cost money. They cost, uh, at some churches, I think, they spend a good portion of their yearly budget on, on the vacation Bible school. And I uh, said, I'm all for spending money on those things, but don't neglect these other areas. Don't, don't, we don't ever want to do that. This is, this is important. We need to remember that everything we have, it already belongs to God. Everything that you have is an individual. It belongs to God. It was given to you by God. You say, well, I work for it. Well, guess what? He gave the ability to do the work. He gave you that talent that you have. It's God. Everything you have, it belongs to God. And we need to make sure that we're good stewards of what God gives us, not just in our individual life, but as a church we we want to take we want to take care of things god has already blessed our church in ways that I'm just I'm thrilled to death about and I want to make sure that we are faithful with what god's given us i want to make sure we take care of it that we do things according to the word of god and god is going to, he's going to multiply it he's going to do great things with it and I, and i and i know as a church, you know if we're doing things right, and as God's people, if you're doing things right in your own personal life, and we didn't talk a whole lot about uh, what you do in your own personal life, but I think a lot of these same things, uh, they apply to individuals too, like paying your bills on time and things like that. I think, I, I think that's very, very important. We want the blessing of God on this church. And you know what? And we will have it if we follow the Word of God. So let's stand together with our heads bowed and eyes closed. I just want to go to the Lord in prayer right now. Maybe ask God to help you to be faithful to do your part.